Welcome to In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate Presbyterian Church. Marriage and parenting are a wonderful blessing and are extremely rewarding, but they're also really hard and can leave us feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and defeated. That's exactly why we started this podcast, to help families see how the gospel injects encouragement, comfort, and hope into the daily grind of our lives, and to remind you that you're never alone in the struggle. There is another in the fire. Well, hello. Welcome back to season two's finale of In the Fire. My name is Rob Gicking, and I'm the director of Young Family Ministries and the host of this In the Fire podcast. And I'm joined today by my friend, who also happens to be on the barber, who also happens to be a member here at Chapelgate, Nick Service. Nick, how you doing today? Doing great, Rob. How you doing? Oh, doing so good. It took everything in me not to say better than I deserve. Not going to help you, <laughs> but that's uh, that's a different uh, podcast, I'm pretty sure. So, um, Nick. Very excited to have you here. You are a young family here at Chapelgate. You yes. are a member here at Chapelgate. You went through the discovery class, which is our, our kind of, you know, step to membership. I guess it was a year ago almost. Yep, a little over a year ago. Um, started, I think, in March yeah. of last year, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, you <clears throat> are also a barber, and we're going to talk a lot about that uh, on today's episode. But before we do... Uh, I like to just, as a way to help guests relax, to calm down, um, you know, take off the pressure, I usually like to ask what I call a hard-hitting question. And it's a little tongue-in-cheek <laughs> because at the end of the day, they're not that difficult. Um, you know, like, what's your favorite color? Or um, if you could throw ice cream at anyone's face, who would that be? You know, like, <laughs> things that we all want to know the answer to, but don't really stress us out. So I thought I would do the same for you, just as okay. a courtesy. Uh, so your hard-hitting question... Um, well, let me let me back up. You you cut hair, right? Yes. yes. You, you cut hair for a number of people. Number of people, yes. Is there a particular group of people, an organization perhaps, that uh, you, you happen to cut hair for? Well, I do cut hair for the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. yeah. Uh, I go there about once a week, yeah. So you cut hair for the Baltimore <clears throat> Ravens. So now, my easy, relaxing, hard-hitting question, what's the deal with Lamar? <laughs> Uh, you, you know, that's a tough question. I, I, I can't really say, uh, I'd, I'd like to know. I'm just like you. I'm in, I'm in the dark on that one too. Nick, 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 listen, <laughs> it's just you and me in this room. It's just you and me. We're just having a, we're just having a friendly chit chat. What's what, what, seriously, man, what's going on? I don't know, man. It, 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 I, I'm just as confused as everybody else. And, and, and that's, that's the true answer. Oh man, I, I've they've you. trained you well. <laughs> they trained you well. They got the party line. You know, we want to see it work out. Everybody's really excited to see it work out. We're excited. It, it'll work out. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I knew you wouldn't be able to answer that. But how about how about your true hard hitting question? Was Joe Flacco actually elite? <laughs> well, he was elite for a month. That's for sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he was elite for he was elite for a brief period of time, just, just long enough, just enough to win the Super Bowl. Just so. enough, and see, to me, Joe Flacco is a great. I'll probably get some hate from like people for this, but like the Peyton and Eli issue, sure, right? Eli, I believe, has more Super Bowl rings than his brother. They both have two. They remember both he, have two. That's remember, right. he won the second one with Denver. Yeah, but to me, Peyton was always the superior quarterback. Absolutely, and yet they have the same amount of Super Bowl rings. So yes. you're like Eli gets lumped in as this like elite great quarterback. Correct. And to me, I'm like, well, I just have a hard time reconciling the facts, which is you know the same Super Bowl rings with the the feeling, which is like Peyton all day. 
Absolutely. I uh, agree. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe Flacco. I'm sure you're listening um, <laughs> to, to In the Fire. But uh, yes, thanks for being elite when we needed you. Man, that was a yeah. great Super Bowl parade. Absolutely. Oh, man. So uh, yeah, so obviously we're not here only to talk about the quarterback uh, issue in Baltimore, but we want to talk about uh, really how you have seen God work in and through your career to bring you to himself and to use you to bring others as well. So um, why don't we start with this? Like, let's just get a little sneak peek into the life of Nick Service. So tell okay. us tell us who you are and, and kind of your family background, things like that. Well, yeah, like you said, I'm a member at Chapelgate along with my wife, LaToya. Uh, we have... Three children, Dominique, Joseph, uh, Dominique, Javon, and Joseph. Um, and yeah, like you said, I've been a barber for in the, mostly in the Columbia area for a little over 20 years. Um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy what I do. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I've been blessed to work for the Ravens uh, for going on uh, 12 seasons now. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, really enjoy it. So how'd you get into, um, being a barber? Like how did that, how did that happen? I started cutting hair when I was in middle school. Okay. Uh, just, um, uh, messing around with some of my friends hair and stuff like that. My dad had clippers. He, he kind of messed my hair up. So, uh, <laughs> you had to fix it. Huh? Yeah. And then, um, just experiment with my friends. I had some older friends in the neighborhood that cut hair. So kind of knew that that was a thing. And it was just something I had fun with and uh, just really enjoyed and um, caught, all, caught all the way through high school, uh, getting $5 a haircut. So I didn't really need to have a job in high school. It was enough to get by. And, right. um, you know, school wasn't my favorite thing to do. And so I didn't want to go to college. So after high school, I went right to barber school and um, didn't know how long I would do it. But here I am. It's been great. I'm... Uh, Really happy I did it. In the barber school, did they teach you how to shave? Uh, like the what is it? I've heard there's like a balloon you put there shaving you cream. Yeah. You get that like big blade. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, that that was definitely a technique. How things. many balloons did you pop? Uh, well, you know, I didn't do it that many times, but surprisingly enough, it's not that. It's it's a little bit easier than it looks. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to pop it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, now I'm like I gotta go home and try. Yeah, I'm you pop should try nine it. <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Nick said this wasn't hard. Oh my gosh, um, that's really cool. So then you you started, um, you know, cutting hair for a living after yeah. high school. Mm -hmm. Okay, after barber school, and um, did you you have your own business now? Is that right? Yeah. So I I uh, run out a suite in Columbia. Okay. Um. So it's just me by myself. But yes, it is it is my own business. Did you start that way or did you work like as part of a company when you were first starting? I, I've worked in multiple barbershops before. Uh, then going on to, I've opened two barbershops uh, that I've owned. Um, so I've been in big settings, small settings. Um, but, you know, currently I'm by myself and I really enjoy it. And so I think, and you and I have talked about it before, is like one of the things that you find most rewarding or, or beneficial about your own private company is the fact that you're not in a, in a large room with a bunch of people. Yes. Um, and that provides you opportunities to talk in ways that maybe don't happen if there's, you know, three strangers sitting around as well. So, you know, the concept of cutting by myself and it was just me and the client started with going to the Ravens because when I was at the Ravens, it would just be me and the other client. And I realized that I was getting some really deep conversations that way that I weren't 
wasn't having, like you said, in a crowded setting. Right. A lot of times in the barbershop, you know, it can be real surface talk. A lot of who's better, uh, LeBron or Jordan. Right. You know, just, you know, regular banter, like you said, stuff about Lamar or stuff like that or the Ravens. But when you're in a one-on-one setting, people really open up their heart and we can get some real conversations going. And I just found it to be very rewarding. And so that's where the idea of cutting by myself kind of, I feel like God really placed that on my heart, that that's something that that I should do. And so, yeah. And part of your story, I I believe, is that in that kind of more uh, one-on-one environment, you actually started to hear about God and His love for you. That's correct, yeah. So why, don't you, why don't you tell us about that? How, how did you come to faith? How was that part of your life? Um, so, uh, you know, I was I was early wor- already working with the Ravens, and um, I was going through a little tough time in my life. I was a little bit lost, um, you know, going through some anxiety. And um, one of the coaches with the Ravens, uh, uh, Bobby Ingram, um you know, I, I cut his hair, consider him a great friend and mentor, and he started talking about uh, the good news and Jesus Christ and talked to me about reading the Bible. And and I told him that, you know, I never really read the Bible. I, I had the, uh, I tried reading the King James Version and uh, couldn't really understand what I was reading. Thou dost not understandeth. <laughs> Right. right. And when I told him that, you know, he, he said, oh, no, you know, say less. I got you. And he, he told me about the Life Application Study Bible. Right. And um, it was a whole new world for me. I could finally read the Bible and understand it. And then also with the Study Bible part, I could really, you know, dig a little bit deeper. Um, and so he really walked me through um, my, my, my walk through Christ. Was this in the context, like, was it just when, as he was, as you were cutting his hair, you guys were talking about this, or was there, like, an, another opportunity, maybe did he invite you to a Bible study, or was it really mostly the chair? It was mostly by the chair. Um, you know, like, over a series of weeks, months, and stuff like that, he kept talking to me about it, and and just seeing the way he moved, the way he walked, the way he, he carried himself kind of inspired me to say, man, he, he's got something there. Right. Um, so let me lean into this a little bit more, and... Um, Ultimately, he he talked about um, that they were that him and some of the guys were doing a uh, the Proverbs challenge in the month of April. Mm. He said there was um, you know thirty one chapters in Proverbs, thirty one days in April, and to read a chapter a day, and um, kind of picked him up on the took him up on the challenge. I didn't stick to it right away, but as I got into it, I was. Uh, I was really blown away. Right. I, I remember reading it, uh, Proverbs and saying, like, man, this is like, this is my life. Like, you know, some of the warnings that they were putting in, some of these things I already did. And uh, I really started, God really started working on me then. And um, about a mid-May of that year, a little bit after, um, is when I came to Christ. Wow. I was I was uh, listening to a sermon and... Um, and the preacher talked about, you know, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I invite you to say a prayer and admit that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior and that Jesus Christ is your Savior and, um, uh, you know, you'll have eternal life. And I got down on my hands and knees and prayed yeah. that prayer and uh, been praying to Jesus ever since. It's been That's amazing, man. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's really been amazing. That is a great testimony because here's, here's what I like about that. Often when we look at adult conversion, right, because you were an adult at yeah, this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
adult conversion stories, we tend to think like almost hyper miraculous, right? It's like, you know, um, well, Rob was like, he was a drug addict or he, you know, his, his wife and kids left him and he lost his job and he was living under a bridge. And that's when he found you. It's like, and those, that happens Mm -hmm. and that's beautiful when it happens. But there's something really beautiful about your story, which is God had a plan for you long before you even were aware. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're just cutting hair. You're just doing what you wanted to do for a career. You're just working hard. Obviously you've, you've, you've had success. That's why you're cutting the Ravens. But like, here comes a coach, right? It's like, I mean, I'll be blunt. If I was a coach at the Ravens, I'm not thinking about sharing my testimony with my barber. I'm like, I got a million and 10 things I got to worry about right now. Like this is a stressful job. And this guy is so touched in his life by God's mm-hmm. love that he shares it with you. Absolutely. And over over time, that relationship, over time, those conversations, you know, begin to open your heart and to the point where you're listening to sermons. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like even that, like it's <laughs> it, you know, it's like, hey, it's Ingram's like, you know, planting seeds and watering, but like uh, eventually God uses this sermon to just capture your heart and invite mm-hmm. you into a relationship with him. No, absolutely. Um, like you said, he definitely planted the seed, but it's it's not like something I was talking to him every day, um, but but yeah no God you know as I look back on my whole life God's been with me the whole way yeah. you know I know that for sure yeah that's really cool so then um, you know you come to faith uh, and what what happens next for you um, you know I'm studying mostly on my own um, like I said I'm listening to ser- sermons on my own and and as I'm studying more you know I want to share the good news with everybody but um, like I said, so I, I kind of embraced that mentality at my job. Um, and, you know, as I'm studying, I'm noticing like, you know, I'm not supposed to just be a solo Christian by myself. Mm-hmm. I knew it was important to be a part of a church community. And um, so we were on the search for that. Right. My son, Joseph, was uh, in kindergarten at Chapel Gate at the school. And um, we were loving the school. Right. And, and that's what brought me and my wife to to Chapel Gate to go to church here. And um and so then that's been great, you know, like that that's really uh um grown my faith and, and and I've gained knowledge about it and um and that's helped me to work at my job um and try to preach as much as I can and you know, I'll just share the word. Right. Yeah, so I mean <clears throat> but even in that, right? Like you okay. just mentioned it's like I I'm I'm reading the Bible, I realize like I need to you know, I need to find a place to be like with with brothers and sisters, with yeah. other Christians to grow and to mm-hmm. be encouraged and to offer myself to them. Yeah. And how did you find that? Well, you started sending your kid to the academy. Yeah. Right. So Joseph's at the academy. You're like, man, I love, I love the school. Well, I gotta check out the church. So God used even that, right? To to develop 100%. your faith. Yeah, yeah. No, no question about it. Yeah. It's just neat to see. I think often I um I try to like logic right? Or strategize. That's a better word. I try to strategize my faith. I'm like, oh, you know, like you and I talk about fitness a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you want to lose weight? You want to get in better shape? What do you do? You got to come up with a strategy. Well, what is the strategy? Take in less calories than you burn it. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty simple. It's yep. hard to do, but pretty simple. And I think I like to take that strategy and apply it to my faith. I want to grow in Christ. Well, then I need to do X, Y, Z, uh, spiritual discipline, and I need to commit myself to it. And that's true. Like they're is tremendous value in that, but we can't ignore the fact that like a lot of what's happening in your story mm-hmm. is happening unbeknownst to you. Absolutely. Right? Like you, it's almost like you're like, I'm going over here and I was going over here because I wanted my kid to go to a good school. Well, it turns out 
this is a great church for me and my family. And so now me and Latoya have a great church home, which is really neat. And we didn't send Joseph to the academy so that we'd get a church home. Right. God just did that. Yeah. You know, it's like, like you said, you know, we want to plan everything. We want to make sure, you know, you know, and I think what I did was just, just pray about it. Right. And then try to live day to day, live in the moment and let it happen. It's like, you know, because I know that God has a better plan than I do. Yeah. Amen. So it's like, I just play, pray for guidance and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, when I pray to go to, when I'm on my way to work, I'll pray, you know, use me, Lord, you know, lose through the spirit. And, um, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't try to right. figure that out before I see a client. Like, what am I going to say? How am I going to do it? I just pray God take over, you know? So, and I think to your point, that's, that's, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, you, you view the chair differently now than, than prior to meeting Jesus. I mean, I'm sure, you know, part of your success is your relatability, you're, you're fun to be around. And so you knew, right, in, when you're in any sort of service uh, profession, right, which I would count the pastorate as a service profession, like your ability to engage with people and interact with them is good for your job, right? Correct. So, um, you know, that it's not like you were a, a rude barber and then all of a sudden you became a kind barber. Like you were kind before, but now there's something more on the table. Tell us about how you view the chair as an opportunity to to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, like I said, being in a one-on-one setting like that, um, I I pray to give God, you know, I, I mostly come men, right? Majority men. Right. And I try to give men a space to feel safe to talk about whatever they have going on, whether share their joys or, or, Hey, they're having trouble in their marriage or they're having trouble in some other relationship or, 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 and I try to give them that space and I really try to listen to them and hear their heart. And then, you know, and I pray that I have places to, you know, to inject the good news inside their story. Yeah. Um, or or I, or I'll just sometimes I'll just talk about myself and how hey man I can I can uh, sympathize with that I've gone through this and this is what's really helped me right just try to plant some seeds and uh, um and know that I'm just planting seeds it's not it's not me you know yeah, God, not trying not, to force the conversion not to force anything right, right there yeah. during the uh, during the, the fade up yeah there exactly there you go but <laughs> I just think the main thing is is really listening and engaging and not just uh, you know doing a service making money and, and, and trying to go home. It's like, if I care about that person, which I do, I try to be really in the moment, be really present and um, focus on them. Um, I feel like that's where, that's where God does most work. Yeah. The best work. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's really a helpful perspective. Um, do you think as he's, what, what is, well, you're in a life on life. Let's just go with yeah. that. So, I mean, how is that, impacted your ability, your your mindset um, in those conversations? So, yeah, when I joined Life on Life, that was, be, you know, it's a disciple class and teaching you how to be a better disciple. And the reason why I took it is because of what my job is and, what I, you know, what I pray for. I would say the biggest thing that I got to get out of it is it's really opened up my heart, softened my heart to, mm. to have compassion for other people. Like you said, I might have been more more rigid in what I was trying to do, and, and now I'm just it's really soft in my heart to just have more compassion for people. And that's really what they need is, is to just feel, uh, comfortable and, and, uh, I'm just more patient with them. And, um, 
Yeah, and just realizing that it's not as rigid. It's just more about engaging with people's hearts. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, you know, we can fall into the trap maybe of thinking like, this is up to me. I got to say the right thing. There you go. Yeah. I got to, uh, I got to ask the right question. Um, you know, I'm running out of time. Like I got to make this happen. And no, like God is at work, right? Like your right. story is a, is a perfect example of that. It's, you know, Ingram just starts sharing with you. Yeah. Well, how, where does the sharing come from? Why'd you listen to him in the first because y'all have been talking for a while, right? You got yeah. to know each other. You knew you knew a little of him. You, he knew a little of you, and the window opens up. And he didn't force it on me. You know, he didn't say, "Nick, definitely do this, definitely do that." He was really patient with it. You know, wasn't in a rush. Wasn't worried about you know saying the right thing. Or, and and to your point, I've I've definitely learned that too. It's like, because you know you can get caught up in man. I hope I have the right answers to people's questions. It, it's like. Nah, the Holy Spirit is going to take over. Don't worry about that. Right. Don't worry about messing up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's been something that, for me, has been really uh, eye-opening in my life, is I think I have, as I said earlier, like the strategy... strategy well, it's, it's really a secular mindset, I would say. It's, Definitely. It's this idea that, like, I want spiritual outcomes, right? I want to see people come to faith, or I want to see people who already are Christians, I want to see them conquer a sin or grow in an area or develop a, a fruit of the Spirit. And so I look to um, human activity, you know, physical activities to do that, when in reality, like, prayer is key, man. I mean, like, oh, yeah. you can't fix spiritual problems with, like, business strategies. There you go. Right? It's a spirit—you must have a spiritual component if you want spiritual growth, if you want spiritual results. And so praying for your clients, I'm mm-hmm. sure, Lord, help, you know, help Rob see you, help him know you. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, if you're not doing that and all you're doing is talking, well, all you're doing is talking. Sure. I think that that's really, um, I appreciate you kind of sharing that a little bit, how you've seen that work in your life. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, sometimes, you know, plenty of my clients, you know, are, are already Christians, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that's where they're very open to the to, to the advice that I'm talking about or the right. suggestions I give. They're like, "Oh man, you're right. You brought me back." Those were always enjoyable too. Like you know, yes. where they slip and I say, "Hey man, what are you focused on?" And you know, right. maybe what are you leaning on as your source? You know, you're looking at these outside things. You know, when you know that God, you're like, "Oh man, you're right." You know, so those are great conversations. I yes. love those. You know, but yes. but yeah. One of the things I like about Life on Life mm-hmm. is that mission component. Oh, yeah. um, you know, they they have the acronym Teams and um, Teaching or Truth Equipping, uh, Accountability, Mission, Supplication. Right? Yeah. Supplication is prayer, but Team doesn't sound as good as Teams. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's you know that mission aspect. And so for you, w- what are times where you really felt like God has provided ways for you to do mission in your in your job? Yeah, like I said, just on a daily basis, I would say that um, that is, you know, I feel like that's the best way for me to to uh, to do mission is through my job. I mean, I'm there forty hours a week, right? Is it, is it ever like scary? Uh, you know, it can be, but not in the moment, right? Okay. Like, like if I'm thinking about it, like, I, oh, I have to save people today, or I have to do uh. this today, right? Like, like you said, if it's like a challenge and it's and it's like if I'm thinking it's on me. And, and not thinking it's on God, then it could be scary. But anytime I'm in the moment, Holy Spirit takes over. Mm. 
it's not scary at all, you know? Right. And, uh, and we just do it. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. Um, well, a question I have now is, you know, thinking through, because you, uh, you have more than just the Ravens, right? You, you oh, cut, yeah. you know, businessmen and, and all kinds of stuff. So, like, you sort of have these two pockets of clients, right? You've got the Ravens, the athletes, coaches, trainers, you know, stuff like that. And then you've got, you know, what I'll call normal people okay. just have everyday jobs. Is there a kind of a difference in how you relate to these, these two different parties? So I'll say, first off, you know, everybody in the Ravens, whether they're a player or a coach, they're all regular people too, mm. okay? They're not really that different, okay? They go through the same struggles as everybody else. The thing about when I'm cutting the Ravens, whether it's in the facility or at my my place, they're just regular people at that point. Um, you know, they um, – I don't really look at them that different. Sure. They still have struggles. They still have challenges. And they don't, in that setting, they're not on stage at that point. Right. They're not behind the camera at that point. They're not on the field at that point. So they kind of let themselves down. And, and that's how you really do see that they are just regular people. Um, I love people. Okay. So I can have a great conversation with John Harbaugh. Right. But I could also have, but. Don't think that it's not any less enjoyable than when I talk with you, Rob, because, you know, I can have, I can engage with anybody. Right. It, you know, that, that's, I can have great conversations and, and, and share the gospel with anybody. And I get just as much joy out of it as if I do with anybody that works for the Ravens. Yeah, I, that is, that's really um, insightful. It's easy to think, right, because those guys are, in such a unique career path, like mm-hmm. let's, but even calling it that, it's a career, right? Like, yeah, they're career minded, right? Like, one hundred percent, they love football, they yep. are competitors, yes. But like at the end of the day, like they're there because this is the best way for them to provide for their family, or for you know, so they're yes. people, they're people. You know, it's a very competitive business. Okay, somebody's looking to replace you every day, mm. so these guys got fears about losing their job, and when they get cut. You know, we as fans, you might just say, "Oh man, thank God that guy's gone." Right. But this is a person that has a family, and 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 there's results to that. You know, there's real impact to that. Yeah. So, or, or you know, so I'm there to, you know, consult them on that. Or hey, they got traded. They got a better opportunity. They got a bigger contract. Hey man, congratulations, man. Happy for you and your family. Yeah. You know, because that's really what it is. That's what it's about. Yeah. Same way if. If if another client came in, and he has a new job, and he got a new job, I'm just as happy for them right. as I am for, you know, the Ravens and all that. Yeah. Yeah, with the like the sensationalization of sports, yeah. it's easy to fall into that of like, you know, this is all about the the win. Yeah. It's all about the result, and we will we'll steamroll people all day to get where we need to go. <laughs> um, I wonder how refreshing it is for them, these guys, to have someone with that sort of godly. Christian perspective you know I will say almost you know in the NFL the guys there's a lot more Christians that I would say in the NFL than 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 my normal job you know and at least in our area there it's a very there's a lot of faith in the Mm. NFL from the coaches to the players um so so that can come up you know, like injuries or just setbacks that guys have, we can lean on God, and they're very open to those conversations. Right. It's not a foreign thing to them, right. you know. So then, then you know, a lot of guys are appreciative because they are in a, you know, in a in, in a successful yeah 
you know, high uh, uh, status, whatever you want to call it, right? So guys are appreciative of that. They know, they know God's touched them and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I have great conversations about that. Some players will express their faith, uh, faith publicly, mm-hmm. and then I can, I say, hey man, I saw, I noticed that man. I just, you know, I want to say, um, really appreciate you saying that, man. That's great. You know, and they'll they'll be humbled by it, and, right? And appreciate it because I wanted them to know, hey, that encouraged me. That encouraged me, man. And you're, you're being bold, uh, um, sharing the word. Right. Keep it up, you know. So, yeah, and, and that's. That's really cool that you have that opportunity, right? To encourage yeah. them in their faith and and to share your faith in little ways. And I think one of the things that you've you haven't said this explicitly, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna ask you to kind of walk us through this. When you're sharing the gospel, we tend to think about sharing the gospel as as like the the brass tacks, right? Sometimes we draw a picture, right? Here's this chasm. You're on this side. God's on the other. It's it's too wide and too deep for you to ever cross. But here we're, we're gonna stick a the cross of Jesus Christ in the middle, and that's your bridge of the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, the the gospel is you're a sinner in need of a savior, <laughs> right. and and you know Jesus is that savior. He died and he rose again that you could have everlasting life. All you have to do is believe, and that's true. Like there's there's tr- deep truth to that. That is the gospel, right? sure. And yet we can share the gospel without using those words. Yeah, that's definitely what I try to do. I definitely don't try to talk like that. You know, like you said, I just try to get guys to. I, I try to touch people's heart and get them to say it, them to come to it. Mm. And and then just right at the end I might put in a little, hey, you know, uh, you know, I you know, I, I I've been in that situation too, you know, and I just find prayer helps a lot. Yeah. And I pray to God and you know, and stuff like that. And just kind of put it right at the end, you know, like like you said, it's it's you gotta w- walk a thin line, not not to just say you know, Jesus, 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 right? right? You know, but... I mean, and that's what we're doing. Though. Yeah, and I think no, yeah. What I'm getting at here, Nick, okay. is like you share the gospel in word and deed, right? That's the thing we say here at Chapelgate, is when you care for someone in the moment, mm-hmm. you're sharing the gospel. There you go, yeah. Right? Yeah. When they're saying, dude, I'm so stressed, and like, let's let's move away from the Ravens. You got a guy, he's coming in, he's like way over his head at work, mm-hmm. you know, you know, maybe there's stuff at home that's giving him stress, and he just feels overwhelmed. And you're a safe place for him to get that off his chest. Yeah. And you listen and you genuinely care, right? You follow up with him next time he's in he's in yeah. the chair and you're like, hey man, how's it going? I was thinking about that. I was praying about that. Man, that's the gospel. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That that you have experienced the love of God in such a transformational way that it's actually God living out to this person through you. Yeah. His love. Man, that's what like sometimes we think like it's our conviction. That should set us apart. Yeah, it is right. It's also our like. It's our love. It's our yeah. obedience. Our obedience to God's will. Love God. Love others. How you do that in your job is by listening. It's by caring. It's by it's by making a good haircut. Which, by the way, <laughs> you can't see me because this is an audio platform. But you know, I look good. <laughs> Yes, you I, got do, a, I got a haircut yesterday. <laughs> I look good right now. Nick does a great job. But yeah, even yeah. in the excellence with which you do your craft, uh-huh. right? You're putting the gospel on display. You work for God and not for man. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So maybe in, in the time we have left, mm-hmm. how would you encourage um, you know, another young family, another another member at Chapelgate? Who maybe you know it? It could be in a sense your job really s- sets up for these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. A lot of us don't have that that afforded to us. 
how would you encourage them? What would you say to them? Like, hey, look for these opportunities. Yeah, I would just say, you know, in whatever job you're doing, you know, you never know who's watching, right? So you don't know how you're inspiring somebody. And, you know, <clears throat> us as believers in Christ is just how are you moving? How are you interacting with people in the small conversations or just how your movement is? Like I said, I saw something different in Bobby without him opening his mouth. Just by the way he carried himself, he already looked, hey, whoa, what's that guy got? That guy carries him in a certain way. I see how people interact with him. What does he have? Before he opened his mouth and said something about Christ, mm. I'm already watching him and and admiring him. So there's, you know, no matter what your job is, how, maybe just how you interact with people, how you talk to them. Yeah. If you're courteous, if you're sharing, if you're looking them in the eye, uh, you know, showing that you care. I, I, I just think that, you know, you know, uh, your love of Christ and uh, should shine through in, yeah. in all your movements. Yeah, I think um, one way that I I like to encourage people is this: when stuff is hitting the fan at work, and everyone around you is starting to panic and yeah, stress, yeah. when they're reactionary and they're getting, you know, the blame game starts. It's like, well, it's not my fault. You know, they got the stuff to me late, and this project is going to be blown because so and so's incompetence. It's like when when that starts to happen. How are you in the room? There you go. Yeah. What What's your role there? How do you speak? How do you act? And I actually saw it. I texted you because I was watching um, Harbaugh's press conference yes. last week or two weeks ago. So it yes. Was. And uh, right before we got up to the press conference, um, uh, <laughs> impactful tweet was sent out. <laughs> you know, and um, just watching the reporter because you know, in theory, anyway, it's the first time the reporters are learning about this, right? And they're just peppering him yep they are peppering him with these questions he answered great but how he answered was even better like what he said was really good how he said it was even better and i saw in him a situation that would cause anybody an immense amount of stress Mm -hmm. what is going to happen this is your job dude like you're leading this team like we need super bowl wins and you're telling me that our number one you know what's going on how do you answer he said you know what it's a game, and we're we're loving the game, and you know it's going to be all right. And we want him here, and yeah. if that doesn't work out, it's still going to be all right. We have a great future ahead. Where does that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I become really good friends with John Harbaugh. He's a uh, great guy. Great um, has a lot of faith. You know, we have a lot of conversations about faith. We have great conversations about faith, um, and that's definitely where he gets his strength from. That's what he leans on. Um, and that's where you see his calm from, yeah, and and his leadership from too, yeah. And here's the thing: if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, man, well, I'm right there with the other people, you know, when stress gets work, stress gets me, and I'm right there with them complaining. Hey, here's the beauty of it, friend. This is an opportunity to repent and believe. There you go. It's to say, Lord, I am not living out of the peace that you you provide. I'm not trusting you in my life right now in this mm-hmm. area. I, I think it's up to me, and so I'm working really, really hard, and it's giving me anxiety because, yeah. well, take it to the Lord, for goodness sake, right? That's what he says to do is, like, bring it to me, you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest for your soul. Mm-hmm. Take my yoke upon me, <laughs> right? Amen. And and I think it's it's an opportunity for us to say, God, I messed that up. I didn't do so great there. Please forgive me. Please give me give me strength. Please change my heart. Please renew my mind. And 
and you and I talked about this too, is we, we've been doing some praying together lately, just oh, yeah. things going on in your life and my mm-hmm. life. And, um, my prayer life really changed when I stopped praying, God help me. And I started praying, God change me. There you go. Um, God, you, you be first in this situation. Lord, make me trust you. Right. Yeah. Don't just like help. Cause the, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for help. Like, yeah. please pray for help. I just, for me, I think what I realized is when I was praying for help, it was because I assumed that I, I could do at least some of it on my own. <laughs> right, right. Right. I needed to just be more humble than that. Yeah. Um, and admit, I'm like, nope, none of this happens. Nothing happens by my effort and energy. But, um, Nick, I appreciate you, man. You, you've been such an encouragement to me, um, to my faith and to my family. And, uh, you know, I, you, you great barber, you know, if you're looking for a barber, you can't do any better, um, than Nick, but I, I'll tell you, man, I, I'm encouraged by your witness. I think the way that you carry yourself, the way that you seek out to redeem the, the mundane opportunities, mm-hmm. right? It, it could be easy. Just, I'm cutting hair, making a living, right? Yeah. I'm mowing lawns, making a living. I'm, I'm an accountant. I'm making a living. How do you interact with the people? Yep. around you. Yeah. That's really, uh, I'm encouraged by the way that you do that. Well, thanks, Rob. I really appreciate that. You know, I, I cherish your friendship and, and I have a lot of aspiration for you too, man. You inspire me. Like I said, I love cutting your hair. We have great conversations. Oh, we do. And yeah. they're not, they're not exclusively about God. Sometimes no. we get yeah. into, uh, the economy. <laughs> Sometimes we get into cars. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever's, yeah. whatever's a la carte, man. We yep. get, we get to it. All of it. Yep. Well, listen, um, I mean, do you have availability in your schedule if somebody wanted to cut? Well, you know, I am, I, like I said, I have over 20 years, so I am pretty booked up. I have a lot of clients, right. but, um, I'll try my best to, to get people in if their schedule is open to mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, if you want to get a hold of him, you can go through me, his, his now agent as of today, <laughs> right? The second, no, I'm kidding. But, um, service cuts. Yep. Absolutely. But yep. more importantly than that, Nick is a member at our church. Yeah. You see him in the hallway, introduce yourself. He's, he's great as you can tell. And, um, his wife, Latoya is fantastic. Their, their youngest son, Joseph is just a ball of joy. So <laughs> meet this family, get to know them. They're wonderful people. Um, and again, I mean, that's what it's about for us, right? Is that yeah. community that we, we have here that, allows you to go out on the front lines day after day after day and then come back and be nourished and encouraged here. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, man. Well, listen, guys, that's the end of season two right there. I mean, it's it's been a, a wild 10-episode 10, 10 ride, and we're excited. Um, take a break here for a few weeks or, or months, and then we'll get back to it again. Looking forward to having Nick back on again once we sort of know maybe what's going to happen in the fall. Uh, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. Um, and then, then we'll ask him, did you know? Did you know the whole time? Hard-hitting journalism. That's what you can expect in season three. <laughs> All right, you guys, as always, if there's anything we can do to be a blessing, please don't hesitate to reach out. My email is in the, the comments, uh, the section below, the show notes. Um, I'd love to minister to you. Our church longs to minister to you because we know that the gospel makes a difference in our lives. And we want to help it um, make a difference in yours. So we love you. And uh, we'll catch you again here at Season 3. Thanks for being with us, Nick. All right. Thank you, Rob.